Prevention Name. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join me is author Jean Corvesi Husson. We're going to talk about her book, I See Old People, and a lot more. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Janine. It's great to be here today. I, I love um, what I posted on my show blog, this tagline, legally separated and unemployed with a year to kill. What will Jean do? <laughs> That's like a movie. Yes. I mean, it's well, so much. You also experienced, you know, the housing bubble when that imploded in 2008. Yes. Well, my, my memoir is really all about those, those extraordinary events that changed the course of my life. And, you know, within my book, I, I, start, I started writing when I was unemployed and did have a year to kill. It was 2008. Um, you know, I was I was uh, ousted from my job that I held in the mortgage industry, mm. and I was a single mom raising a son. And so I had to decide what was I going to do. I was lucky enough to get a severance, and I spent um, a good part of that year being unemployed, thinking about what can I do and how can I take advantage of this time? And part of that was deciding that I would give back to seniors uh, who had dementia and Alzheimer's that I would go and visit with them because I felt that I had the window of time to do that. I had always wanted to do something with respect to um, giving back to the community. And so I decided to do that. And then I started writing stories about that in between dating and in between raising, raising a, a spirited child. And then that led to many, many magnificent um, events in my life, including leading me to find great love. Amazing. Now, your passion, your kindness for older adults, where does that come from? I, I think that going back to my childhood, um, you know, I, I, my grandmother got very ill and when I was about 16 years of age and came to live with us as she was passing on and I would feed her and I write about this in my book and it, it caused me just to feel very connected to that moment and very humbled by being in a position to now be the caregiver for my grandmother. And I felt that I, even today, I have this sort of personality where I, I love being with people. I like hearing their stories and there's so much value in our senior citizens today. Of course, I'm becoming one myself. (laughs) There's great value and experience in those stories. And so when I was even young, I started visiting some homes, giving Christmas gifts, and it just seemed like a natural connection for me. And today I, I have a passion for uh, causes that affect seniors who have Alzheimer's or dementia. It's a, a horrible disease. I would love to one day fund uh, brain research for that and be actively involved. That's my next big dream. We had talked before we started, I was telling you about my fellowship and you know, here we have a generation of let's say college students, younger younger adults who are experiencing loneliness and depression, a lot of mental health issues right now, but also older adults, the same thing. 
what do you think the impact is when you do what you do? Because I know when you bring these two generations together, how amazing that can be for them. It's a win-win. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it, you know, the younger generation, I think experience, especially in this year and a half where we've had such a crazy year with COVID, um, that loneliness. And I think we all have the ability, each one of us to make a difference person to person individually with someone and simply, you know, whether it's making that phone call or it's doing a zoom or it's now we're able to make those visits with people where we have that sense, there's a need. Mm -hmm. uh, this person could use that friendly voice and that, and someone that just is able to listen and encourage them. And then I've seen the power of young people visiting with seniors many, many times where, you know, sometimes when you get out of yourself, when you're, when you're sad, and this happened to me too, when I was stressed about being out of work, when I would go and visit those seniors and they would smile with joy, or I would make them laugh. I can't tell you how that would turn around what I was going through. Course, right? Yes. And I think for young people, being able to volunteer, whether it's with a senior community or it's with pets or it's with anything that is, is something you could do with your own heart and passion, mm -hmm. it, it transforms your life. It sure does. Yeah, I, I can relate to what you're saying because uh, there was a woman that my daughter used to visit, Harriet, and it was supposed to just be um, you know, a community service project for up to six months. And we stayed with Harriet for seven years. And when I say we, I decided to go along too, because I loved Harriet. I mean, she was amazing. And we're still friends with her family. And, but I had a hard time like slowing down in my life. But when I would sit there and play Scrabble, or we were telling her what slime was and sharing <laughs> that with her, I just found myself just relaxing and being more present and hearing something I'd never heard before by listening to Harriet. And it's just, it is a real gift and it's, it's a, it's a life altering experience. I know that sounds very broad, but you, you know what I mean? Like you, yes. you could be dealing with something and then you sit back and you get this perspective on shifting, and getting your mind away from whatever it is you're dealing with. Well, it's interesting you say that as well, because I write a, a lot about this in my book that a lot of these connections I made one-on-one -on -one led to other connections that were so profound to me that to this day uh, are still very much part of my life. And by connections, I mean, people that have also have wonderful stories and, and you know, are, are very much inspired by what I did, you know, volunteering. And I would meet family members of those people within the, the homes who then had their own stories. And oftentimes they needed me to listen and talk to them as much as the seniors that I was sitting yes. and talking to. Yeah. And every day I, I call them, you know, I read this book called Divine Alignment by Squire Rushnell, which really changed my perspective. And it's all about these sort of 
magical God wink moments that we have where we meet somebody at the right time, the right place. And you think, wow, how did that happen? Well, it's not by accident. And I find that I recognize that more and more as I go out there and I put myself out there and I make myself vulnerable. I meet all kinds of people that, that surprise me. In fact, one of my neighbors, I wrote a story about this. She, when, when we all needed masks, I wrote in my community Facebook page, um, I, I'm looking for masks, does anyone sew them? And a neighbor responded, her name was Natalie. Turns out, I didn't know Natalie and she sewed me three masks. And then a couple of days later, I learned her father's past has passed. Well, ironically, her father was one of the men I visited for two years at the senior home up the street. And I just almost screamed to my husband, can you believe this? And then we then became close friends in our community. And she lived, you know, a a block up the street from me. Amazing. Mm. Um, You touched on your book a little. Give me some highlights from the book, things that people could, you know, learn more about. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the, the title, of course, is a playful title. I see old people <laughs> that was, you know, designed to get people interested in the subject. And I, you know, my book really is, has many themes in it. But in essence, I would say it's a love story for all time. It's about, it's, it's the love story that my parents had. And I, and I write about that and how that infect, affected me and influenced the way that I looked at love and what love, love meant and eventually led me to finding great love. Um, it's about the love stories of my seniors that I visited and the vignettes of sitting with them and hearing their stories and the magical moments that that inspired And, you know, it's a hopeful love story for those that are going through divorce and think, wow, I'll never find anyone or I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. And how do you overcome that? And how do you open your heart? And it's about, you know, hope that, that there's so much goodness in the world if you look for it and you focus on it. And yes, it's tough. And, and I certainly have been through death, divorce, you name it. Um, but I'm still a glass half full uh, kind of gal. And, and, and I, I use that and I engage people with that spirit. So it's a hopeful book. That's great. How do you stay positive? I mean, you know, my show is called Get the Funk Out. So I'm going to ask. <laughs> How do you stay positive when life throws you into a deep funk? Oh gosh, I, I, I have a shot of Maker's Mark. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm half kidding. Maybe you're not kidding. Well, I, 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 you know, I think that um, you and I were talking earlier and I loved your setup on, you know, how do we maintain good mental health, right? And you talked about genetics mm-hmm. and then you talked about circumstances like, yes, we can't and you talked about choice. Yeah. Um, I do think I have a good genetic background. I, I, I've always believed that. I believe, you know, I was the kid that was bullied at school and somehow I survived that. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it was my environment. It was the family that I was raised with. I had a very strong mother 
um, who, who thought I was the sun, moon, and stars, but it's also, you know, a choice. And um, I, I, everything in my life, failure was not an option for me. And I went, I, 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 someone once said that to me and I, and whatever came my way, whether it was, um, you know, I lost my job or, or someone I loved died, or I lost a friendship, I would ask myself, okay, this is rough. You know, what am I, what lesson am I learning from this? And what, what, goodness did I get from that relationship or thing? And I really tried to focus on that instead of the negative event. And that's not to say I don't get down. Of course, we all do. And I have my moments and I cry or do whatever I, I need to do. I think, though, getting out of your own head and and giving it back to somebody else, that that's really the secret sauce. It's not about you. Right. <laughs> it's about, you know, what else do you have to give to somebody else? Because yeah. that that's the game changer for all yeah. of us. You know, I, um, I call that being a better human. I think we have a lot to learn about becoming better humans. I think we're a very individualistic society. And especially when it comes to how we treat older adults, and I think we just have a lot of work to do in, in empathy and compassion and tuning into our own mental health and the mental health of others. And I think that will help us become better humans. I agree. And that was one thing that I did get from my mother who lost her husband, my father, at age 39. I was just nine years old. She had three children to raise. And I watched her go through her grief. And one of the things I learned was really how to lead with compassion and how to just listen to someone that's going through a bad time. A lot of us feel uncomfortable when bad things happen to good people and we don't know what to say. And honestly, sometimes you don't have to say anything. You can simply say, I understand, you know, I, I, that must be hard. You know, you, you, you have to be able to be comfortable in silence and listen to somebody else's story. And a lot of people, that's really hard for people. Lady Diana did that. We said, I want to be Lady Di. You know, of course, I didn't have the crown, her looks or the money. But boy, you know, she she had that kind of heart and spirit. She sure did. I agree. You know, and we are faced with so many things. I feel like the pandemic has given us a moment to really peel back our own layers and tune into how we treat other people, um, things we might've been suppressing, how we can just be better. And there've been so many learning moments. Have you found that for yourself? Oh my gosh, absolutely. This whole year and a half, you know, my husband and I, I, I love <laughs> Leslie Jordan, the, the comic actor, he's very funny and he calls everyone hunker downers. And I love that expression that as we hunkered down and sort of alienated ourselves, um, we, we, we had the time to, we had lots of time on our own and um, to look inside and, and think what is really important in our life, you know, and honestly, human connection has to be at the top of the list. And even for people 
who don't really like people, you know, the people that really are want to be far out in that far on that farm somewhere. Yes. Even those people, I think, said, wow, you know, I'm missing that interaction and how important that is to our well-being. And I was blessed, you know, to be able to have a job, to continue to, to um, take care of our lives together. But I think it made me realize that um, I wasn't going to take that human connection for granted anymore. And I was going to continue to be a light for people and to reach out. I, I, I know, you know, so many people struggling from someone that can't find work to, you know, a friend recently, I found out it was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I reach out, I pick up the phone. I, right. I visit that person. I, I make my time to do that. Yeah. That's really important, you know, because people are, they're facing everything from loss, illness, everything, you know, you name it. Even getting on Facebook, people losing their pets, catastrophic, yes. you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. And being alone in that. I mean, alone. that was the hardest thing for me was, oh my God, you know, we were powerless right. to do anything except find other ways of communicating. And what was so beautiful is we saw that play out from the father with the dancing outside his son's window on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. I think to people I having parades, mm -hmm. we saw the resilient nature of people to find unique ways of making that connection. And people are resilient. People are good. Um, they want to help other people. And I, I saw all of that. And that really um, made me optimistic about how our future would, would play out, that things would get better and that we had the ability individually, each and every one of us to make a difference. Yeah. And I've been saying um, on my other shows, you know, if, if you know you have a neighbor, an older neighbor, they live alone, they don't even have to be old. <laughs> a neighbor, they live alone. Maybe you know they lost their partner, their spouse, whatever. Reach out, you know? Yes. Make that yes. first move. I mean, just, just to, as you say, listen is so key because the social isolation Wow. Does that do a number on your mental health? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, there's people when we keep, when we have our eyes open and we're receptive, those opportunities present themselves to us. And we, just like the person that, you know, sort of finds the lost dog and takes the dog in and you think, wow, you know, that that was meant to be. I think there are periods in our lives where we have that internal consciousness that tells us, well, I should go over to that person right now. I should have a conversation. And I've, I've listened to that. The older I get, I hear that voice and I think I need to do this. And I don't even know why. And sometimes it's scary to do, but I know that there's, there's a reason for that. And I encourage people to listen to that voice. And if something's gnawing at you and you say, gosh, I should really do something, do something, do it. show up. Yeah. It's the hardest part of all. Once you yeah. do it, you take that action, you're good, you're there. And, and you, you realize, wow, this was, this was what I, I was supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, I, right before the pandemic, I remember there was this homeless man always sitting at the bus stop. And 
every day, you know, like I drive by and there he is, there he is. Finally, I go home. I look at the abundance of food in my house. I pack up two bags of groceries and I leave it there and I drop it off. He goes, no, no, that's okay. I'm like, really? Like just, you know, and he didn't want it. I mean, he, he wanted to just talk. And then the next day I saw like the police were there checking on him and then the pandemic hit and then he was gone. Um, But I did call and they said they knew his name. They knew his backstory, you know, I mean, things will irk me. I'll I'll see a little kid riding their bike all alone. And I'll think, oh, they're, they're too young. They're like four. Yeah. Where's the parent? They just blow out of their house and not tell their parent and I'll stop them. (laughs) And I'll think, I wonder if they'll talk to me. (laughs) <laughs> and they'll say, is your, is your mommy or daddy nearby? And they'll say, yeah, they're way back there. And you see the parent like sprinting in panic. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so stuff like that, like you just be compassionate, you know? Right. And yeah. there's opportunities like that all, all throughout our life. Everywhere. Some we ignore, some we act on like you did with a homeless person. And I've done that too, where I just started a conversation and doesn't mean you know the money isn't always what what is necessary it's it's that somebody else cares about us I mean we all need to feel like we matter and I it's a quote in my book all of us need to feel that we matter no matter who we are where we are Mm -hmm. what we are we need to feel that that we we matter to somebody and and that's why you know even little acts of kindness, taking a senior, a little baby doll or a stuffed dog or something to hold, something to comfort you. Right. Um, those are all meaning, meaningful gestures that we have the ability to do. It's not about the money because most of us, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. And that's why these, these visitations or times with people or readings, whether it's, you know, going to the library and reading stories to people, whatever, it's free to do that. It doesn't cost any money to do that. I agree. I agree. Where can people find out more about you and your book? (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Um, I, I have a lot more to say, so you definitely can find me um, my book on Amazon, uh, Amazon, I see old people, which is available for order. And a portion of my net proceeds will be donated to causes benefiting seniors with Alzheimer's and dementia. And then I have a website, kindconversations.com, um, where there's more background about me. I write a blog uh, to help inspire kindness. So that's where people can find me. I love it. Thank you so much, Jean. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.